Good morning, it's good to be with you here this morning and can I say this is my first time uh, being here in the lifeboat. I've driven by it many times and I've heard certainly much about it and I want to thank Roy today for giving us this opportunity and allowing us to be here with you uh, to share in the word of the Lord. And uh, I'm not going to say much about myself. I just live down the road in the birches. And uh, usually if I come to somewhere for the first time, I would maybe give a short word of testimony and then go into the word. But I want to preach what the Lord has laid on my heart here today. And uh, I'll maybe some maybe other time, maybe in the will of the Lord, I'll get that opportunity to come back and just to tell you how the Lord saved me and what the Lord uh, means to me. If you have your Bible... Uh, could you please turn to Revelation chapter 1? Revelation chapter 1. And, you know, it's my first time here preaching, and our sister was playing here as well. And she's nervous, and I know I'm nervous. And uh, we're certainly looking uh, to the Lord for his help here today. Revelation chapter 1. And uh, we want to read uh, all of this uh, well familiar chapter. But there is a, a little verse, and there is a word here that the Lord has laid on my heart this morning uh, for this meeting here today. Revelation chapter 1, and beginning to read at verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John, who bore accord of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ, And of all things that he saw, blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and that made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. I am Alpha, Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who am also your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom of patience of Jesus Christ, was in the eye that is called Patmos for the word of God, and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha, Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book, and send it it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Samaria, unto Pegamus, unto Thyatira, and Syria, and Philippi, and Laodicea, And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And I don't want you to lose that thought. It's that little thought that I want you to keep in your mind. And I turned to see the voice. And it goes on to say, that spake with me. 
And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girded about with pops with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool. His eyes as snow and his, as, as white as snow. His eyes were as flame of fire. His feet like unto fine brass, as if it burnt in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, you know, we're going to see the Lord one day. You and I who are saved and love the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to see him. We see through a glass darkly. We look by the eye of faith. But soon, one day that eye of faith will give way. And for the very first time, we will see the Lord. We will see him in his beauty. We will see him in his bright array. We will see him in all his glory. You hear the voice, don't you? As you read the word of God, the spirit of God speaks to your heart. It speaks to your soul. It guides and directs you. When I turned to see the voice, then I saw the Lord. I saw the Lord. I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. You know, they don't believe in a hereafter, do they? And yet the Lord says in his word, the things that must come to pass hereafter. There's a hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in thy right hand and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars of the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. Amen. We know what the Lord will bless his word to all of our hearts. And with the word of God open, can we please turn uh, to the Lord in prayer and let us ask the Lord to help us as we come to pray to the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, as we bow again humbly in your presence, Lord, we thank thee for the words of the hymns that we have been singing together. And how, Lord, we ought to this Lord's Day morning to come to the house of God and to praise thee for all that thou hast done for us. Lord, we look back into a week that has gone out into eternity. All our hand of needeth, your hand hath provideth, and great is your faithfulness. Lord, you have protected us in our going in and our coming out. Lord, you have kept us safe unto this very hour. Again, Lord, you have allowed us in your will to be found in a place where thy word is read and where thy word is preached. And Lord, as we come to this house, may that be the prayer of our heart and even the desire of our heart that we too would say, 
like John, I being in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Lord, we thank thee for this day. We thank you for this one day in seven that, Lord, you have consecrated and you have set apart for thyself. That, Lord, that we as thy people, we can lay down our tools of labor. Lord, while the world rushes on, we thank you, Lord, that we can come to this place and be still and know that thou art God. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of thy word. And as we come now to the proclaiming of it, Lord, I realize without thee I'm nothing. For what am I, Lord? All I am is the clay. And Lord, thou art the potter. And I pray, O God, that you'll fill this vessel with thy power and with thy spirit. And that, Lord, you'll grant to us judgment day honesty. Lord, it will be faithful and true to the blood and to the book and to the souls of men and women. And Lord, if there's one with us here this morning, And Lord, they're not saved. We ask in Jesus' name that thou would remove the scales from off their eyes that they'll see none but save Jesus only. And for those, Lord, maybe cold in heart and backslidden, Lord, we pray that thou would quicken that spirit again, that thou would bring them back to their first love and restore unto them the joy of their salvation. Lord, bless us now. And shut us in with thyself and pour out thy spirit upon us. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I would like to draw your attention to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5. And at the very end of that chapter, there's those words, Unto him that have loved us and have washed us from our sins in his own blood, and have made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. When one comes to the book of Revelation, there is no doubt there are things within that you and I both, if we're honest today, we struggle to understand. And yet when we come to this wonderful book, it speaks of things past. It speaks of the times present. And it speaks of the times future. But nevertheless, God has said in his word that when we come to this prophecy, when we come to the book of Revelation, there is a blessing to be had within. Now, I know, and I'm not going to get into prophecy here today, but there are many things within the book of Revelation that, yes, ladies and gentlemen, are still yet future and still yet to be fulfilled But there are many things that are described and explained within the book of Revelation that are happening at this very moment and at this time in which you and I live in. If you notice at the end of verse 1 it says, Must shortly come to pass. The things that John was to bear record, the things that the Lord revealed to him, the Lord said must shortly come to pass. And then at the end of verse 3 it says, For the time is at hand. And can I say to you men and women and young people in this meeting, I believe with all my heart, and without getting into the depths of prophecy here today, I believe that the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is very soon. You and I have only got to look around us, and we can see the signs of the times. We can see the things that are happening in our present day all pointing to one thing, 
to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're told in that wonderful verse of verse 7, it says, Behold, and when you come to the word of God and you find the word, behold, the Lord wants you to stop and to reserve what comes next. Behold, he cometh with clouds and every eye shall see him and they also which pierced him of all kindred of the earth shall wail because of him. When we go back to the Acts, how it says when the disciples, they stood there gazing up into heaven The angel said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye here gazing up into heaven? For this same Lord Jesus shall return as he went up in a cloud. The Lord will return again to the air. But you see, men and women, there are things within this book of Revelation that you might ask me, and I'd have to be honest, I wouldn't fully know how to give you a complete description or describe it. But I believe that the key that lies to the book of Revelation is found in verse 3. And not only is it the key to the very book of Revelation, but it is the key to the whole Bible. Because if you look carefully at Revelation 1 and verse 3, it says, Blessed is he that readeth. There's the blessing that God gives on they that read the word of God. And when you and I come to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, God promises there's a blessing to be found in the reading of the Word of God. I stop there and I ask this question. Have you read your Bible this morning? Have you took time when you got up this morning to open the book and to read the Bible, to read the Word of God? Do you read it not only today, but when you read it tomorrow in the will of the Lord, do you daily study the Scriptures? Because God says that if we read this book, there's a blessing to be found within. Blessed is he that readeth. How often do we read the Word of God? I've often found in many times in life, whether your back be to the wall or your difficulty in business or your health, every time you turn to the Word of God, you will always find a comfort. You will always find that verse or that word God will give to get you through. In times of sickness, in times of hardness, in times of trial and difficulty, I, even in the midst of the good times, as you turn and you read the word of God, God will bless your soul. He will bless it. And so I believe that whether you're a good reader or an average reader, every time you turn to the Bible and you read the word of God, you will get a blessing. You will get a blessing. I'm not a great reader, and I'll be honest with that. And there are many people in Northern Ireland, and maybe they're embarrassed to even say that, that I wish I could read better. When I left school, I could hardly read or write. And I remember five months after I was saved, I remember sitting in my bed, and I cried to the Lord, and I said, Lord, help me to read the Word of God. I don't care about reading magazines or newspapers or other books or other spiritual books. Lord, just help me to read the Word of God. What better book could you read? 
and to read the word of God. And you know, every time that you turn to it, whether it be in your little garden shed, whether it be sitting out in your car at your dinner time or your evening break or wherever, just to get the Bible and just to open the Word of God and just to listen to the Lord as He speaks and He meditates and He ministers to your heart and soul. I can testify to every time you read the Scriptures, the Lord gives you a blessing. Gives you a blessing. So not only is there to be a blessing to be had in the reading of the book, but you also notice there's a blessing to be had in the hearing of the word of God. Look what it says. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy. Not only is there a blessing to be given to you as you read the word of God, but there's a blessing to be had in the listening to the word of God. And you know, ladies and gentlemen, Technology has moved on. And certainly today you've got sermon audio and you can download sermon after sermon. And whether you're not a good reader or an average reader, thank God today you can listen to the Word of God. And God says if you listen to the Word of God, there's a blessing to be had in that. So you're blessed if you read the Word of God. And you're blessed if you listen to it. And my dear friend, you're here today and you're listening to the word of God. You've listened to it read and you're listening to it preached. And the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And as you and I read the Bible, as we listen to the word of God, we become stronger in our faith and in our walk with God. You know what the Lord said about his people? The Lord says, my people are destroyed because of the lack of understanding, because of the lack of knowledge. And ladies and gentlemen, you listen to the airwaves today. You listen to the debates today. And the Christian can hardly get on. And my friends, sadly, when they do get on, the the knowledge is, is lacking. We should be able to cut them down. If we know this book, we should know how to use it aright. Because the Word of God is the Spirit of God. And my friend, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. And when a man or a woman is in the book and they're filled with the Holy Ghost, they will know how to use the sword of the book and they'll be able to fight against the enemy. Sadly, we don't know how to use it aright. Because sadly the truth is we don't read it enough and we don't listen enough to what God is saying in his word. Maybe we're good at hearing but we're not good at doing. And God says to us not to be a hearer of the word of God but to be a doer of it. And as you come to the word of God every morning, it should be, Lord, teach me something new about thee today. 
Lord, open up my eyes that I may behold the wondrous things from out of thy law. The psalmist said to meditate in Psalm 1. It was the psalmist's delight to meditate upon the word of God day and night. It filled his soul. It watered his soul. It kept him in tune with God. Isn't it true? The book will keep you from sin. But sin will keep you from the book. And God says there's a blessing to be had in the reading of the word of God. And there's a blessing to be had in the hearing of the word of God. But you notice thirdly, it says there's a blessing to be had in the keeping of it. Look at what it says. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things that are written therein. Not only one thing to read the word of God, not only one thing to listen to it, but to keep it. And where do we keep the word of God? We keep it in our hearts. And you see, men and women today, Ulster is full of people who have a head knowledge of the gospel, but they have no heart for the gospel. No heart for it. It's all in the head and nothing in the heart. We teach the children that little course of the psalm. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. And ladies and gentlemen and young people, there will come a time in your life and there will come a time in my life when these eyes will dim and I can hardly see the words upon the pages. And maybe that's you today. There'll come a time in your life when your hearing will fail. But if you've read the word of God and you've listened to it and you've hid it in your heart, Ah, your eyesight may go. Your hearing may go. Ah, your health may go. Your wealth may go. But there's one thing that will never leave you through all your life. It's the Word of God. I've had the privilege of going to many homes and visiting many dear saints of God and with Alzheimer's and many different things. It always amazes me. You might think they're in a different planet or a different place, and my own father-in-law was the same. But when you quote a line of Scripture, and you sing a little hymn or a little verse, it's amazing how they can quote the Word of God back to you again. He didn't go in to just to talk about anything. If you read the Bible, they fully understood or you just sang a little hymn, they understood the lines, and they could sing them with you. Why? Because they read the Word of God, even from their childhood. They read it. They listened to it. They hid the Word of God in their heart. And I, even though they may lie in some little residential home or some little home, when you go in and you quote a verse of Scripture, the Word of God is still there. It's still there. Do you see the blessing there is to be had in the reading of the book? The blessing that God gives in the hearing of the word of God and the blessing that he gives to the keeping of it. But you know something else? 
Whenever you come to the book of Revelation, it's not the revelation of John. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. You know, John didn't use any titles. I don't see the Reverend John or the Pastor John or whatever. It's just I, John. And I like that. Because John just says there in verse 9, I, John, who also am your brother. John's just like you and me. He's just a sinner saved by grace. And John says, I, your brother. And he he was at the Isle of Patmos. And we see the reason why he was there. And he was there because he was there for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And when you come to the book, when you come to the Bible and you read the word of God and you study the word of God and as you open this book, God will give to you a revelation of Jesus Christ. As it says, is to come which was and which was and which is now and which is to come. And every time you study the Word of God, every time you read the Word of God, it's Christ you will see in every page. So you see, ladies and gentlemen, the theme of this book is Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son. How the Word was made, how the Word was formed. How you and I was made, how you and I was formed. What our very purpose and being here is in life. Why God sent his only begotten son into the world. Why he sent him into the world to save sinners from their sin. To go to the cross of Calvary and to die on the cross and to shed his precious blood. And it says in verse 5, and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness. Do you get that? There's many unfaithful witnesses today. There are many who are unfaithful to this book. There are many who are unfaithful to the word of God. John said, he says, why he was at the, at the Isle of Patmos, he said he was there for the testimony and for the word of God. And for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And you ask the question, why am I in this workplace? Why has the Lord brought me into this place? Or the Lord brought me here? Well, the answer is given. You're there for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And I point the fingers back at myself on this question and I ask myself, Am I faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ? Am I faithful to this book and to the one who has saved me, to the one who has redeemed me, and to the one who has made me a child of his? As I go about my work every day, Do the people see the Lord Jesus Christ living in my life? Can they tell by the way that I I, I back my business, I go about my manner of speech, can they see the Lord Jesus Christ in me? Tell me. Can they see the Lord Jesus Christ in us? Are you and I today 
in this dark and evil world, are we bearing witness to the truth of the gospel? Are we bearing witness to the truth, to the testimony, to Jesus Christ? I heard a man not too far away from here this week. And I was saying this to my mother this morning. How can a man claiming to be a preacher of the gospel and yet accept sodomy? And yet he'd been his pulpit today before his congregation saying that sodomy's all right. Is that bearing witness to the truth of the word of God? I don't think it is. And yet it says from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness. I'll be honest. You can look at this preacher today, and I'll guarantee you, you'll find a thousand faults. You'll find a thousand faults about this person standing behind this desk. But when you open this book, and you begin to read it, listen to it, and study it, You'll never find one fault in Jesus Christ. Not one fault. Pontius Pilate examined him himself. And Pontius Pilate had to say, I find no fault in this man. And you can examine it for yourself and you can look through scripture and you can search scripture. And I can tell you this, you will never find one fault in Jesus Christ. Not one. Because he is the faithful witness. And he bears witness to that fact. And he bears witness to the fact of the word of God. The Pharisees didn't believe him. The Pharisees say, you don't bear the truth. And you'll find that in John chapter 8, where the Lord Jesus Christ answered them. And how he answered them was wonderfully. And yet the Lord went on to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You see, there is no other way. So ladies and gentlemen, the blessing to be had in the reading, the hearing, and the keeping of the word of God, coming from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the book reveals Christ. But there's the song There's the song within the book. And I believe today that the church of Jesus Christ has lost a song. I believe as God's people we have lost our song. And yet, the Lord says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And because of the afflictions and because of the trials and the many things that's now coming upon our wee beloved land, it's as if we've got into a little square and we've gone quiet. We're afraid now to speak out. We're afraid now to to preach the gospel or or to preach the whole truth in in case we say something that might offend somebody or we become unpopular or or, or we'll never be asked back to preach there. We've we've got our watch or or dot our A right and cross our T correctly. And become quiet. 
We've lost our song. But the song is here. And the song is here in verse 5 at the end. Unto him who have loved us and have washed us from our sins in his own blood. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the song of heaven today. That's what they're singing in glory today. If you turn with me, please, to Revelation chapter 5, and I'll prove that as we come to the end of our service. Look what it says in Revelation 5 and 9. And they sang a new song. Do you ever ask the question, who are they? Who are they today in heaven who are singing this new song? They're singing the song that the angels can't sing. They're singing the song that, that the Old Testament saints can't sing. Who are they? that are singing this new song. It says there in verse 8, And when he had taken the book and the four beasts and the four elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one with him harps and golden vials full of odor, and with the prayers of the saints, there's the they. It's those who have died in Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, it's those who once sat in these meetings and trusted Christ as their Savior, but today they're in the glory. It's those of your family members years ago who warned you to come to Christ, who told you you needed to be saved. And today, my friend, I, their body's in the grave, but praise God, they're in heaven today, and they're singing this new song. They're before the Lamb. And we find it in verse 7, if you go over to verse 7 of Revelation. And I love this, you know, sometimes we think we're outnumbered. Sometimes we think there's just a few of us. But when you read verse 7, of chapter 7, Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9, it changes, doesn't it? After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number. Child of God, are you discouraged today? Child of God, have you lost heart? Child of God, have you lost your song? Look. Which no man could number of all kindred and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the Lamb. And it says, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. In verse 10, and crying with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. Are you glad you're saved today? Are you glad you're trusting in Jesus Christ today? Do you see the song of heaven? Every redeemed child of God, the minute they close their earthly story, and they enter into the blitzed of heaven. That great chorus and carl of heaven goes up unto him who have loved us and have washed us from our sins in his own blood. Isn't that powerful, isn't it? And yet when we come to the house of God, we barely move our lips. You think you weren't saved at all. We've lost the joy. We've lost the song. We've lost the song of the redeemed. 
We've lost that song of the soul set free. Man, if you look back to what you were in your sinful life, and because of Christ, he has set you free. He has took away the old things as far as the east is from the west. Praise God, they're never to be remembered again. He has took your name, and he has written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And when you come to die, it'll be absent from the body. It'll be present with the Lord. Are you glad you're saved? Are you glad you're trusting in the finished work of Christ? Mr. Elliot used to say years ago in Bethlehem at the old gospel meetings at 7 o'clock that people used to come but 15 minutes before the service and before the service such was the volume of song. God's people were singing the praises. There's power in the blood. Wonder working power in the blood. You don't get that now. They just trickle to the house of God. Where has our song gone? Where has it gone? Ladies and gentlemen, I wish I had more time to go into this, but I don't. There's a blessing to be had in the reading of the Word of God. There's a blessing to be had in the reading of it and the keeping of it. Because every word of it's true. It's spoken by Jesus Christ. He came to fulfill the Scriptures. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. This word that has saved you and me, the word of God that keeps us every day. One day when we get home to glory, we'll sing this new song and we'll sing it unto him. You know, not only has he saved us, but you see in that verse it says he loved us. You see it? Unto him that loved us. And not only has the Lord loved us, but he's washed us. You know, I I think back to 1984, the day I came to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I, this body's covered with many a scar. But that day I trusted Christ. He washed it all away. He washed it all away. And if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. Why did the Lord do that? Because he loved me. And he loved you. That's why he saved you. Because he loved you. That's why he redeemed you, because he loved you. But not only did he save us, not only did he love us, not only did he wash us, but he made us. You notice that? He made us. And can I say this as I close? What did the Lord ever say in me to make me to be a child of God? Did you notice He's made us to be a king and a priest. 
Did I deserve that? No. But I say this. I'm a king and a priest. Why? Because I'm bought with royal blood. Royal blood. And if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And to as many as receive him, to them give he the power to become the sons of God. Do you ever think of that one day, sir? Madam, do you ever think of it? That when you get home to glory, because of the love of Christ, and because of what Christ has done for you, that one day you're going to wear a crown. You're going to wear a crown. Some thought, isn't it? And yet we look at the world and we think they've got everything. We hear them blaspheme, we hear them mock, we hear them laugh and cheer and sneer. But you know what? They made of everything in this world. But sadly, there's nothing in the world to come. And I mean nothing. And if you're here today without the Savior, and you're here today and you're not saved, and this is your final day on earth, and you were to grasp your final breath, you wouldn't be in heaven singing unto him who have loved us and washed us from our sins. No, my friend. Five minutes after your death, you'll be in the caverns of damned of hell forever. Where there's outer darkness, weeping, and gnashing of teeth. That's the unsaved. But for the child of God, the moment I close my earthly story, the moment I draw my final breath, it'll be absent from the body. It'll be ever present with the Lord. And I'll stand with that great throne in heaven which no man can number and sing this new song. Unto him who have loved us and have washed us from our sins in his own blood and have made us to be a king and a priest. To him be the glory and dominion forever and forever. You know what encourages me? It's Christ that gets all the glory in Emmanuel's land. He's the one who gets all the glory.